Welcome to Stage Door Sessions by Broadway Direct. In this podcast, we have in-depth conversations with Broadway's brightest, bringing you what's new, what's noteworthy, and what's coming next to a stage near you. I'm your host, Elisa Gardner, and I'm here with Will Chase, who's currently starring on Broadway in Roundabout Theatre Company's revival of Kiss Me Kate, now playing at Studio 54. Kiss Me Kate involves a production of a musical version of Shakespeare's The Taming of the Shrew and the conflict on and off stage between Fred Graham, the show's director, producer, and star, played by Will, and his leading lady and ex-wife, Lily Vanessi, played by Kelly O'Hara. Will has played a wide assortment of roles in classic and original musicals, including Miss Saigon, Rent, The Mystery of Edwin Drood, and Something Rotten. TV fans know him well for his portrayal of country singer Luke Wheeler on the series Nashville a few years ago, before that for Smash, and for his most recent appearances in Madam Secretary, American Crime Story, Stranger Things, and the miniseries Sharp Objects. Welcome, Will. It's great to have you. Good to be here. Thank you. Well, let's start by talking a bit about what first drew you to Kiss Me, Kate. Um, I don't know that the podcast is that long. Um, um, well, it's funny. Gwisquin Scott, well, we did the concert version in 2016, the end of 2016. And, you know, you, you get a lot of buzz and and going, oh, this could actually, you know, this it's time for revival. It'd be 20 years. Um, so then when we talked about it for about a year and a half, we had a long time to discuss Fred. And we had a long time to discuss Lily and Kelly and I and Scott Ellis, the director. It's been a lot of time talking about these um characters and the other productions that we'd seen, what we liked about them, what we didn't like about them, what what does 2019 present? And my big trip was always I wanted to make I see every production I've seen is like, well, Fred and Lily are exactly like Kate and Petruchio. It's just they're off stage now yelling at each other. And I thought, well, the text also supports this great love story that happens. If that love story is presented in a way that's, oh man, they, they might still be. I think it's a way more interesting uh, play then because then the Kate and Petruchio stuff takes care of itself. They're yelling at each other. And then there's this added, oh, she has the flowers. Oh, she found out. So there's that. But there's this underlying really nice love story that I think, uh, you know, I think Fred, because Lily's become this huge movie star, I even down to growing the mustache like... Uh, Errol Flynn, Clark Gable. I, I was I was saying, well, I wanted him to be a wannabe movie star or at least look like that and present that rather than this. Of course, we get his theater prowess and he is well known in the theater. I wanted to make him like, oh, man, I missed out. I And so for for even her, his appearance for Lily is kind of like, see, I look like all the people you know and love. <laughs> um, so that that's kind of where I started with the physical. And and then uh, Scott, you know, and Kelly both in the rehearsal room just allowed us to kind of go. And it was it was awesome. Yeah, I, I get that for yeah. The performance. Yeah, yeah, it's wonderful performance. Thank um, you. Taming of the Shrew, uh, speaking of bringing it into 19, or rather into 2019, yeah. Yeah. Um, and by extension, Kiss Me Kate, uh, to a lesser extent, have come under scrutiny a little bit sure. in recent years uh, for the way it shows dynamics between men and women. Sure. Um, this production addresses that at different points under Scott Ellis's direction and with additional material that was written yeah. by Amanda Green. Yeah, I think so. Um, who performed what I think is she described in one interview as delicate surgery. Um, yeah, there's no big, there's no big culls or cuts or anything like that. The biggest one I think is the spanking, you know, from the get go. I mean, if you look at all the old show posters, it's with his hand raised. <laughs> Great night at the theater. Amanda's stuff was just little tweaks or just a little reference or just a little cut or, and it, and it makes a big difference. 
you know. Uh, so that's why I think she said that minor, it was really minor surgery. I think people thought, oh, they're going to come in and they're going to change all of the Shakespeare and they're going to change. It. No. In fact, we probably added more from the original Speedwax group. We may have added some Shakespeare oh, in really? for Kelly. Just to, And there were also some lines that were rewritten. You're like, why did they choose to make that line from the Shakespeare, they, they've kind of bastardized it or they've kind of rewritten it. It's like, no, let's do the original intent. If the audience doesn't understand that word, we'll act it in a way that they understand that thing, which is why we like going to Shakespeare anyway. We don't understand half the time what the hell they're saying, but we get the intent, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. by what the actor does. So I think that's why Amanda was amazing at coming in and kind of, and she has such a good uh, ribald comedic sense as well that she, you know, uh, we'd try things in a room. We're like, oh, that'll never be in. But that was fun to say today. You know, things like that. But uh, Scott allowing that to happen in the rehearsal process was amazing. It it, it helped me and Kelly really dive deep. Yeah. yeah. And you've worked with Kelly O'Hara oh, a few yeah. times a ton, before yeah. In, yeah. Um, in Oklahoma. In Oklahoma. In Oklahoma. In Oklahoma. That Which was amazing. I mean, that's her home state and everything. But it was just a mess. Uh, I can't believe it's almost 10 years ago, I guess. But um, and uh, it was not on the heels of that the Trevor Nunn. But it, that was still in the zeitgeist, that, per, oh, the, right. that, that kind of still the revival, but they went into some dark erotic places that are, are I think, are, again, in the text, you know, certainly not the deconstruction that this new one is, right. uh, which is supposed to be amazing. I haven't seen it yet, but not not deconstructed like that. But it was great to get to do that with her. She's a, she's that was the first time that I'd gotten to hang out with her in a capacity that you're like, oh, you're really funny because the role she usually plays up until like nice work, you can get it, for example. She was always the, you know, the stoic kind of ingenue that could sing out these songs. And then you're like, oh, she's uh, she's really crazy and funny in rehearsals and, sexy too. and all those things. Yeah. But the funny thing for me was like, oh, she's funny. So when we ended up doing We Also Did Bells Are Ringing at Encore. And nice like, work. And right? nice work. You're like, oh, she's also a comedian who can sing like this, which is crazy. I don't think there's another one like her. Yeah, she's For pretty sure. scary talented. Yeah, yeah, we can yeah. <laughs> we can agree on that. Absolutely. Are you are you friends? And did you approach the chemistry and tension between your characters with with that? Yeah, we're very good friends, and she's gone through. You know, we've both gone through personal stuff that that we've shared with each other, and so we we that's what we tend to talk about more than anything. But I trust her implicitly, and that's why in the rehearsal space, and even talking about doing Kiss Me, Kate, you just you know that you can say or do or try anything and this person's got your back might not work but that's the point of rehearsals and i've been in the opposite i've been in the opposite situation where you're trying to always you're trying to always do the the best version and that sometimes gets in the way of the messiness of rehearsal and uh, that's why i adored you know doing this process with her yeah. Well, I, I mentioned some of the Broadway productions that you appeared in already, mm -hmm. just some, although it was quite a long uh -huh, list, yeah. but that was not all of them. <laughs> I think we can say that your range extends from high drama to pretty wacky farce. Wacky farce, sure. Wacky farce. Uh -huh. And you've played characters who are farcical and characters who are very relatable yeah. and uh, and flawed. Yeah. Um, what attracts you to a character generally? So relatable and flawed. I mean, for me, that's what I tend to go to towards that's usually what i play on television and i and i try to find you know i'm playing this guy on on madam secretary my poor mother because he's actually i'm from kentucky the senator is from kentucky and of course he's going to end up being you know kind of like oh too bad my mom's like why do they have to write these horrible people from kentucky and i'm like <laughs> mom come on we can't you know we're not horrible but let, you know let's face the facts um i think there's something about making 
especially bad guys, or for lack of a better word, or, or flawed characters, I think it's fun to make them relatable. Evil is, you know, the evil character is, uh, we've all seen that, done that. It's not fun to me. I think relatable and flawed. I think Fred is very relatable. I think he's very flawed. I think this beautiful moment that we do at the end of the show that Scott and Warren kind of created, just a little coda at the end with when we walk off together, it's like, oh, these two aren't happily ever after. Yeah, they're in love. There's probably going to be some stuff thrown around at their uh, apartment. But oh, the, yeah. but the passion and the love is there. And to me, that's relatable and real. I'd rather play those kinds of characters. The wacky thing is hard, meaning comedy is scary and hard. I Drama and making people cry, do that all day long. But comedies, and I think most people that do comedies will say this, it's hard to make people laugh at the things you think are funny, and uh, which is a scary prospect going, oh, here we go. I hope they laugh at this. But- I've had some of my most fun doing Mystery of Edwin Drood and Something Rotten and those wacky oh, yeah. things, you know. Yeah. You were Shakespeare. I was a Shakespeare, yes. I, uh, of course, I took over for Christian Borle. But in all fairness to me, I created all those roles in uh, that role in the workshop. So he stole all my stuff. No, I'm kidding. He oh, did. Okay. So the Tony <laughs> well, goes. We'll set that straight right now. <laughs> He's one of my dearest friends, so we joke about the Tony all the time. Well, you know, I I did want to ask you about singing. I can because yeah. you you have a wonderful voice. Oh, thanks. And um, I know you're from Kentucky originally, mm -hmm, yes. and you played a country singer, right? On um, on Nashville, yeah. On Nashville, yeah. and you studied music at Oberlin before I did. that. Uh, did you study conducting? Is I that did. Right? So so funny to say all of those things. None of those things are really related because. Growing up in Kentucky, we listened to absolutely no country music in my family. My uncles and things did, but we listened to all classical stuff. Then I went to, grew up singing in the church because my dad's a minister, and then went to, was also a percussionist. Like, that's what I was going to be. I was going to be a percussionist slash then conducting, a conductor, symphonic conductor. That's what I, you know, ponytail and a dream. That was me. <laughs> um, and then I fell into the acting thing in college and was like, oh, I really like this. But you must have always sung. You don't just discover. I, oh, a no, voice I did, like but that. I always, I think, but the drummer in me, because I listened to so much different music and rock and roll and all that, and then the classical stuff, and then at Oberlin there was some singing. So it was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I like, I'm good at this. I like this. And I just have, a, I mean, just my brothers all sing and my dad sing, my mom sings. So I was like, okay, I can, I know I can sing. I just never thought I wanted to do that. And then oh. I like, oh, I love this. Right. So how does that enter uh, into your choices? Um, it's funny as I get older, it's hard to sing eight shows a week. And this role especially is just kicking my butt. I mean, it, I love doing it, but it's like, and again, I'm, I'm, I think it's because I'm closer to 50 now and it's like theaters for the young. Well, it's um, near operatic singing at yeah, some points. It's yeah, pretty yeah. intense. Yeah. And it's clear and big and beautiful. That's why I'm kind of living my life like a monk, you know, because it's like, Something rotten, I could I could walk out, sing my rock and roll song, and go back to my dressing room. You know what I mean? And then sing another one in the second act and you're done. This one is, you know, you're it's clear and present the whole time, like you said, and more operatic. And the, and Fred is out there, you know, pretty much when he's not changing costumes, he's out there singing. Um, I do love it, but you know, at the end of this run, I'll be glad this run's over because it's a it's a it's a People don't realize about musical theater. It's a taxing first thing when you do when you get up. I'm not kidding. Literally is uh, uh, ah, oh, okay. I can do the matinee. You know what I mean? That's your <laughs> life. And then at the end of the night, you're like, hmm, ah, uh, ah, uh, that's well, your life. Well, opera singers get breaks. They certainly they sure do. do. They don't do eight, eight a, week. Shows a week. Yeah, yeah. So that's something to consider. Pat us on the back. 
Yeah, there you go. Give yourself a pat on the back. <laughs> um, well, you've kept pretty busy with both stage and screen mm -hmm. credits mm -hmm. over the past few years. Again, looking at your, uh, I took a look at IMDb oh, yeah, and IBDB, sure. uh -huh, uh -huh. Uh, pretty, pretty uh, long Extensive, list, yeah. both, both places. Yeah. Is it important for you to sustain a balance or is there um, one medium that you see as a priority? I mean, no, television has become a priority uh, only because of the money. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting I for the... <laughs> this is Broadway direct, you understand. Um, well, it's funny, but I I, I used I, I normally would uh, go. Oh yes, no theaters. My I love theater, but all, for all the reasons I just said, it's it's hard. It really is. Gr I don't want to make it sound like this horrible thing. It's not. It's amazing, but it's grueling and hard. And television isn't. And the, the, the for me, and I do joke about the money, but I do have kids that are going to college, so television money is amazing. But the challenge, I love the artistic challenge of television. I love shooting out of order. I love that today I have to uh, emote on cue. I love today that I get to share a great story with my pretend son. I love that disjointed uh, quality. I love the challenge as an actor. The A to Z of theater is like if I, I joke with my girlfriend, I said, if I could teleport from my apartment couch to 8 p.m., made up, warmed up, ready to go, I'd do theater all the time. Uh, it's all the other stuff. It's the getting ready. It's the stretching, which again, when I'm on stage I'm, and I, I'm going, this is where I belong. I love it. I absolutely love when I am on stage. It's all the other stuff. Television, you know, you show up, somebody feeds you, they put makeup on you, you go shoot your thing, you're done forever with that scene. Then you might not work for two days. You know what I mean? But I I love, I love television. I think it's golden age of television right now. It it's is, a yeah. great medium. Things like this, you know, I do, I'm very obviously really picky about theater because you're giving a lot of your time away. You can't do most other things. Roundabout's great because I can shoot a little here and there and they're cool. Uh, most Broadway contracts are not like that. You're signed for a year. A year? I can't imagine. Like a year? That's that's five or six television jobs for me. You know, mm -hmm. that's, you know. Um, so this, when I'm doing something like this, you, you know this is a labor of love and this is like, of course I'll come. And that's why I love Roundabout. I, see, I think everything should be a limited run. <laughs> I don't want that for well, my actor friends. My very... actor friends, I don't want that because I want them to work forever and ever in every yeah. show. But uh, I just think a limited runs great for all. Well, plays very often are, but plays with musicals, are, yeah. it's the yeah. plays the thing. The plays what I the might do next. Well, you heard it here first. That's right. Okay. I, I, I don't believe in there's nothing in the hopper, but if anybody wants to do a play, I'm game. Well, you mentioned that uh, you are a father with yes. two daughters yeah. uh, who are going to college. Yes. Um, have they seen Kiss Me, Kate? Oh yeah, they're both actors oh, and they're they both are. quite good and i don't say that in that american idol parent way that's like it's amazing and then the guy's like ah. um see look at that well um uh, daisy is going to be attending uh atlantic uh theater oh that's uh, right. school which is great um and then my daughter gracie i can brag my daughter gracie just got into nyu so she's just finishing up her senior year in high school in princeton new jersey and then she's going to nyu and they're both Lovely actors. So yeah, the answer to that is yes, they've seen Kiss Me, Kate. Oh, congratulations. Well, what do they think of Fred? I'm curious. Uh, you know, well, D Daisy, my older, we and we have very candid, uh, honest conversations about, you know, just everything. Me too in 2019. And, and she was flat out a year ago on why the hell are you going to do Kiss Me, Kate? 
Oh, really? I was like, okay. Um, well, let's talk about it. And, and then explaining the Taming of the Shrew and the history of Taming of the Shrew and still and, and, and Kiss Me Kate, I said, I think there's something there. One, just I'm a sucker for um, the same way Paul Gimignani talks about why we're doing Kiss Me Kate because no, no one else is going to do it this well. And this score needs to be sung and seen and heard. And then you add Scott and Amanda to the mix. And it's like, oh, we can... Uh, not fix is not the right word. We can tweak some things to make it at least have this thing held up uh, as a great piece and a conversation starter. You know what I mean? And so Daisy was like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll you know, I'm reserving till I see it. And of course she saw it and was like, not of course she saw it. And, and, and absolutely was like, Oh my God, that was so great. Little tweaks are great. I love when they, she, you know, you changed Kate's speech at the end. So it's not, um, I believe that I'm ashamed that women are so I'm ashamed that people, you know, it was like all that kind of stuff. So you're like, okay, good. Now, if she had said, dad, I hated it, then we'd have that conversation, but she didn't. <laughs> so I can be honest and say that they both loved it. Yeah. Well, you'll have to keep us posted <laughs> on, on their careers oh, I'm and, sure and on that I'm sure they play. will on their own. Yes. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you so much My for pleasure. joining us, for taking time out on a two show day. All good. My pleasure. For all things Broadway and to find tickets to your next show, visit broadwaydirect.com. This podcast is produced by Broadway Direct and the Nederlander Organization with Iris Chan, Glenn Halcom, Erin Provosnik-Wagner, and hosted and produced by me, Elisa Gardner. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon on Broadway. <laughs>